Hello, everyone. Welcome to episode 43 of Buds and Blue Jays. I'm your host, Jesse Burrell, and I am joined, as always, by my co-host, Riley McConnell. And Riley, the All-Star break, it came, it went. We took a little bit of a break ourselves to recharge. And just like the Toronto Blue Jays, I'm hoping we come out swinging here hot in the second half. Oh, baby. We're coming out swinging in the second half. The Jays are coming out swinging in the second half, Mm -hmm. dude. Man, it's it's an exciting time to be a Jays fan. There's a game going on right now. Mm-hmm. We're crushing it in that one too. We crushed it in the two games before, and lot of lot to cover, man. Let's get into it. Yeah, just a quick caveat, like you mentioned there, we are recording this with the third game of the series still going on as things stand. The Jays are leading eight to four in the bottom of the seventh. So hopefully we have some clarity before that ends here. But let's get into our series recap. Game one, the Blue Jays won this first game against the Boston Red Sox, twenty-eight to five. Yes, you heard that right. 28 to 5. The Jays set a franchise record for runs and hits in a ball game. They were just two runs shy of setting the all-time record for runs in a game by a single team. Every single Blue Jay starter had at least two hits and two runs scored. And honestly, a great way to start the second half in that game. Then if you were worried the Jays gave up all their runs in the first game, they came out in game two. Nah, they they did it again. Jays won that game four to one. They gave up one run in the second, but responded with three in the third, added some insurance in the ninth. Alec Manoa did his thing with six innings and only giving up one run. And Jordan Romano had a multi-out save to get his 21st of the season. And like we mentioned, game three currently live. Jays are winning eight to four in the bottom of the seventh. They scored five in the first, thanks to a clutch two outs hits from Kevin Biggio and Rymel Tapia. Stripling went four innings and the bullpen is trying to piece it together from there. So the Jays come out of this all-star break with either a series win or a sweep. We're kind of hoping for a sweep that the bullpen can hold things on here and a record of 52 and 43. Jays are now in the second wildcard spot, half a game behind the Rays and one game ahead of the Seattle Mariners. Right. A lot to unwind there. A lot to be said. What are your thoughts? Oh, first of all, what are my thoughts? Game one, we got uh, we got the big boy for us coming back. We didn't know how he'd fare. Kevin Gosman. Mm-hmm. He comes out and gives us double digit strikeouts on five innings pitched. Mm-hmm. You love to see it. We put up 28 runs, dude. Unheard- <laughs> if you ask me this, if you ask me at the start of this year, hey, Riley, how many runs do you think we're going to score like in a game this year? What's the most? I'd say. You know, I think 14 is a good number. Yeah, we don't have a good number like that. Hell no, man. Let's just double that, dude. Let's just <laughs> double our runs. We almost got 30 runs. I believe there was a game in Texas or against Texas. I think it was Texas had 30 runs against the team. Or yeah, they Baltimore. got 30 runs in against Baltimore in 2007. Yeah, but that's okay. So, I mean, we were close. Happened in that game. Let's be honest. I did not expect that. And then yesterday... We only got five runs. I mean, poo-hoo. We gave up just one run mm-hmm. off a tr- another tremendous Alec Manoa outing. And what else can you say about the guy? So we got the lead in this, eight to four, like you said. And right now we you know, are two and oh after the All-Star break with a real good chance, Jesse, to come out with a series sweep. And I like what I'm seeing so far. I like a, a double-digit game, let alone 28 runs. And then I like how our starters are doing. And our bullpen is still... You know, it's, it seems to be doing all right. Like, I think Jordan Romano, a four-out save to mm-hmm. end the game yesterday. I mean, that's awesome, dude. It feels good right now. Yeah, good stuff that you wanted to see coming off the series, coming off the break. You wanted to see this team recharged and rejuvenated, and boy, does it sure look like it. Riley, let's go back to that game one of the series, the first game, because it was absolutely bananas watching that game. I was I'm pretty sure I fell off my couch laughing at one point. There's so much going on. Uh, We were having fun on the Blue Jays and the Buds and Blue Jays Twitter account as well there. Um, I think you and I can kind of go back and forth here. And let's say like what our favorite moments of the games were, or if you have a favorite stat or something that you wanted to go off. And I think you should take it away first because the most dramatic moment of that game was the Rymel Tapia Grand Slam. So tell me about it. (laughs) 
<laughs> so for those of you who are listeners, watches, watchers who don't actually watch the game, when we say Rymel Tapia home run at Fenway Park, you're probably thinking, oh, well, maybe he took one over the left field wall, over the or monster. Or pesky hit, pole, hit one like he did earlier this pesky year. Pole. Yeah. But no, this is probably one of the weirdest grand slams and one of the weirdest games I've ever witnessed. I mean, it's a routine fly ball. The center fielder just completely lost it and decided to... Like, I mean, not even a speed walk to the ball, walk to the ball, left fielder picks it up. And man, Tapia has wheels. He scored with ease on a four. Uh, like, I, I don't even, they scored. It's a score to grand slam. In my opinion, it's, mm-hmm. it's, it, it's, it's cheesy, but Hey, for the numbers, you love it for a Jace fan. You love it. And like Jesse said, you pretty much follow the piece that you're sitting on, man. I mean, it was a comical of, it was a comical thing of events, but we needed to see that as Jays fans. We needed to see just a, a just a pounding, man. And we pounded the Red Sox in game one, no doubt about it. The Tapia Grand Slam takes it for me, man. That was awesome. Yeah, it is sure nice to to go to Fenway against the Red Sox and just keep kicking the shit out of them. Like it just feels so damn good. I gotta give props to Lourdes Gurriel Jr., who had a six hit day. Riley, I remember earlier in the offseason when we were doing trivia, you asked me who was the only Blue Jay to have six hits in the game. The answer was Frank Catalanato. But now we have another one joining that list as Lourdes Gurriel Jr. has six hits. And he was the first one to do it without hitting a single ball to the pole side. All six of his hits were either straight up the middle or opposite field. So that was pretty cool. I guess that uh, fruit cocktail he was making on the bench led to some hits or something. <laughs> Great work from Guriel. I do have three stats I want to share about that game too, that just, you know, the Jays scored 28 runs, offense explosion. They're going to make you say, wow. Jays hit 506, 556, 1211 as a team in that game. Um, there are 11 runs in the fifth inning, ties a team record for runs in an inning. The Blue Jays run differential in their first 93 games of the season was plus 24. And in one game, they nearly doubled it by winning by 23 runs in that game. And Kevin, Gas- Kevin Gosman went from being 50th in qualified baseball in run support to sixth in the span of just one start. So those are some of my favorite stats. If there's anything else you had from that game, take it away. But I said, wow. After those things. I I mean I wow if you asked me in a 28 run explosion who has the five plus RBIs I probably would have said Bo Lourdes Teo but mm-hmm. let's go five five or six RBIs Rymel Tapia six runs batted in one off yeah. the grand slam we were talking about uh, Lourdes six hits five mm-hmm. RBIs to his credit mm-hmm. and. Danny Jansen had six RBIs and six ABs on a three hit performance as well. (laughs) Just ridiculous. (laughs) I mean, I love it for Danny Jansen, dude. Had he not been injured, he's backing up in the all-star game. I know they had him at DH, but that, that tandem of catchers right there. I mean, I absolutely love Jansen. I've been spitting this out. He was a big part of that game. Not that we even needed his runs batted in, but Danny Jansen is something special too. And we just put it all together in that game, man. Absolutely love to see it. Yeah, going back on Danny Jansen, I was going to save this for a little later in the episode, but I'll get to it now. So Danny Jansen has been injured a lot of this year, but in the little bit of time he's played, he has nine home runs, right? So Aaron Judge leads a Major League Baseball in home runs with 36. If Danny Jansen had as many at-bats as Aaron Judge and kept up the pace he's hitting, Danny Jansen would have 44 home runs right now. (laughs) If if you're like Aaron Judge is one of the elite power hitters in the league, Danny Jansen would have him beat by what? My math, eight, eight home runs if he kept up this pace. And he's six ahead of Kyle Schwarber too. So he'd be 14 over second place. Like absolute tremendous power that Danny Jansen has had. And I'm excited to see him go in the second half here. 
and at the end, that's, you know, the first half. 44, I believe that Sal Perez actually set the record for a catcher. Um, 48 just last year. With 48 just last year, beating yeah. out guys like Pudge Rodriguez, Johnny Bench, whoever. Mm-hmm. Um, so, yeah, 44. So, if my math is correct, he'd have around 70. He'd probably <laughs> give... He'd probably be in Bonds McGuire territory, and there's no way Danny Jansen is juiced. Um, <laughs> but no, it's it crazy stats, dude. I love Danny Jansen in this lineup, and I love what the lineup did. Guys who we didn't mention, Espinal Vladdy, whoever yep. still put on a performance in that game, man. It was every cog in the wheel was turning, and we put up some. When they say crooked numbers, these were these were crooked numbers. I mean, is 11 a crooked number? Really? Two ones? I don't know. It's a, <laughs> I guess I, so. 28 is just murder. It's yeah. just, it, it, we slaughtered the Red Sox in game one. Absolutely great stuff there. Um, I wanted to touch, we're not going to do our traditional thumbs up, thumbs down here because like you said, look how good our offense was in the first game. You touched on the pitching performance of Stripling Manoa. I do want to throw Manoa a little bit of love there. Um, going back to the all-star game, when he threw three clean, or he threw a clean inning, he hit a guy, but he also struck out three and he was mic'd up for the game. I'm sure you saw this. If you're on the internet, you've seen these things. And I like the little things of Alec Manoa saying, by you as I whip a fastball past yeah. you and all that stuff. Like that's King stuff from Alec Manoa. And he carried it over to his start against the Boston Red Sox here too. He struck out Bobby Dahl back in the fourth and Manoa just shouted, why don't you go sit down, bitch? And that's just, that's just goat level stuff from Alec Manoa. And I'm just so glad he's on our team because he is so fun to watch and to root for when he's going like this. Oh, Manoa's been crazy. And you know what? He went, he faced four batters, struck out three. I'm going to blame the hit by pitch that he gave up to the third batter, Jeff McNeil, on John Smoltz. He yes, th- told him to throw, told him to throw a slider inside, make him swing, um, swing low and into the ball. And he, he hit him with, he called for a, they call the back foot slider where mm-hmm. it pretty much goes behind your back foot through the strike zone, but he hit him in the front foot. I'm going to, I'm going to throw that on Smolty, uh, a hall of fame pitcher, um, you know, whatever that's fine. But Alec Manoa, ter- terrific, terrific performance, man. Absolutely. Yeah. More thumbs up as we go. We're going to hope the bullpen can nail this down in game three. And we hope we're talking about a sweep. Let's see how that goes. Riley, we're going to take more of a big picture here view. And um, it's almost trade deadline season. Trade deadlines, what, the first week of August? So we're, what, not even two weeks away from the deadline? Now that the general managers are past the draft, they're really focusing on making trade deadline acquisitions for this team. And the big one that's coming out is Juan Soto has turned down a massive contract extension from the Washington Nationals. So all signs seems to be that they are going to trade the 23-year-old superstar. There were some comments made at the uh, the All-Star game. I remember Santiago Espinal going up to him and saying something along the lines of, come over and play with us. You'll look better in blue. And I'm sure you might have seen on Instagram that Vladdy commented on a Photoshop picture of uh, Soto in a Blue Jays jersey with a couple fire emojis. So, Riley, my question to you, should the Blue Jays trade for Juan Soto? And if you think they are, what should we give up to get him? What should we give up? I would say if I had it my way, I'd trade the Nationals a box of peanuts. <laughs> of course. Which is not going to happen. <laughs> uh, to get Juan Soto, you're going to have to give, a be- give up our top two, at least maybe top three guys in our pipeline system mm-hmm. and two starters, not pitchers, just starting position players. Right. Um, I would probably target down a Bo Bichette would maybe be one of those guys that could go or lord us. Um, my only fear, Jesse, is at or before the deadline. There are teams in this division, a.k.a. the New York Yankees, mm-hmm. um, that had a similar situation with Aaron Judge. Yeah. Um, Judge, maybe not in the pinstripes. So, I mean, I'm I'm more worried 
about no, I don't care. Like I do care if we get a guy like Soto. I would hate to give up a great price, but I'm more terrified, Jesse, if Soto goes to the Yankees and we get to see him in pinstripes because that is a terrifying, terrifying thought. There is talk too that Tampa is really interested in Juan Soto because remember they were in on the Freddie Freeman trade rumors this off season and stuff. They thought they could get him, and if Juan Soto ends up in Tampa, that could be a struggle. But they don't usually like to pay their guys. My thought is this. Man, Juan Soto and as a Toronto Blue Jay would look awesome. It would be great to see him, Vlad, and if we can keep Bo in the pack, it's like the three of them. This lineup is already probably the best in baseball. It would be even better if we can keep Juan Soto around in here. But the team really does need pitching, right? And that's kind of the thing that's keeping us down from not having an even better record where we are now. Juan Soto doesn't acquire pitching. And if we're going to trade the package that the Nationals want for him, we're probably trading Gabriel Moreno, Ricky Tiedemann, and probably some young guys, probably Teoscar or Lourdes Gurriel Jr. off of our roster, if not Kirk even. And I don't think the Jays want to do that. So it's going to be a lot to get him. And if we are going to move these pieces, I think it's smart that the Jays should use those to get pitching, the things that are going to help this core right now win the World Series this year. And yes, Juan Soto is great. He he would, it's another cog in this already great lineup and it would be so fun to root for, but I just don't think they're going to do it. And plus, if you do sign Juan Soto, that's a major big contract you have to give to Vlad, to Bo Bichette, and to Juan Soto. And I really, really doubt the team is going to want to give three massive 10-year extensions, hundreds of millions of dollars to all three of these players to keep them here. And if that's the case, you're going to let them leave in free agency. This team is going to be set for a hard rebuild if we do not win a World Series with this core in peace. So I'm kind of torn. I would love to see Soto in a Blue Jays jersey, but I just don't think it's going to ultimately end up happening. And I'm kind of with you. I'm afraid he might end up in the wrong hands somewhere. I think the rumor mill too with that, Jesse, with the Soto package, I think there's talks too that we would have to absorb an already existing contract. Yeah, whether like Patrick that Corbin, would be probably. Patrick Corbin or or Strasburg was another name. Mm-hmm. I don't know if Strasburg is, I believe, on the 60-day IL right now. Uh, I think now. he's done for the year, yeah. And he's probably done for the year. I think that um, I Corbin has never been an elitist for me. He certainly had waves of excellence. Mm-hmm. Strasburg, I believe that his his uh, his better days are far behind him. The velocities dropped significantly since he was a 22, 23-year-old starting pitcher for the Nationals. And he's aging, obviously. I mean, yeah. there was Long a time where I'm wrong side of 30. I remember when he came into the league and he was, uh, he could throw smoke and he was, I think, a number, first overall pick. So, mm-hmm. I mean, you know, a declining guy like that, if he was a good arm, maybe, but I just don't trust it. There's a lot that could go wrong in that trade, Jesse. And especially with guys like Lourdes that is now batting north of 300 and had, you know, five, six hits is if he keeps that up. I mean, I mean, I don't think he's going to go for a batting title, but certainly hitting over 300, 305 in this day and age is a very big accomplishment. And I, I feel like the pieces we have right now that aren't starting pitching is what we got to rock with. Yeah, I'm kind of on the same board with you here. Part of me really wants it, but part of me, you know, I kind of understand why we wouldn't. So we'll see what happens there. And plus, I do want to say I made a lot of money this year betting against Patrick Corbin when he's been pitching. I've been betting the over in every single one of his games, and I think I've only missed once or twice. So it's uh, thank you, Patrick Corbin. Keep doing what you're doing, but hopefully not for the Blue Jays here. Please gamble responsibly. Yes, of course. Uh, moving on to some news and notes, Riley. Rymel Tapia was not the only person in the Blue Jay system to hit an inside the park grand slam this year. It also happened on June 4th for the Buffalo Bisons. And can you name the Bison player who did it? Oh, man. Put me on the spot. I am You're on wack- the spot. You, wa- you wacky guy watching these <laughs> Buffalo, New Hampshire games. Um, this was um, in um, June 4th, you said? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Um, I'm going to say it was... Um, 
that first base left fielder you were talking about. No, he uh, he wasn't called up yet. Um, he was you saw uh, Aralvis Mart- Martinez. No, nah, he's in New Hampshire. He's not quite made it to Buffalo yet. It's uh, a guy we saw a lot in spring training. Nathan Lucas. He was the one who oh. hit uh, inside the park grand slam. He pulled the ball to the right center field gap. The right fielder dove for it, missed it. Ball went all the way to the fence. And Nathan Lucas sped, ran around. So the Blue Jays got an inside the park grand slam, and now the Buffalo Bisons got an inside the park grand slam. It feels great. Yeah, I mean, hey, they're great. Kind of, um, you know, stats, stats you should know but don't care about, mm-hmm. um, which is cool. Hey, as long as we're winning ball games, and right now at the major league level, man, we're winning these ball games. Yep. Sergio Romo has been designated for assignment and declined his minor league assignment. So Sergio Romo is now a free agent. So you can say RIP to the Sergio Romo era in Toronto. Uh, Yusei Kikuchi has begun a rehab assignment with Buffalo and he pitched five innings, gave up two hits, no earned runs, three walks and four strikeouts. He gave up all three of his walks in the first two innings and then settled down and looked good for the next three. So that just seems your typical Yusei Kikuchi start, right? He looks terrible for two or three innings, and then you see the glimpses of how he can look really good. And overall, he doesn't give up a lot of hits, but he gives up a lot of base runners, strikeout numbers are there. It doesn't sound like he's changed to me, but it seems like the Blue Jays are going to skip his first turn in the rotation here, and that leaves the next opening spot for next Saturday against the Tigers, and that might be the time we see Yusei Kikuchi rejoin this rotation. Yeah, with Yusei Kikuchi, man, I mean, that's pretty part of the – that's part – for us right now is watching seven walks or five walks or even four walks in the first three innings. He's definitely started off his starts very slow and has gotten better. I feel like in the fourth inning or around that, but when you get, you got to get pulled after you give up four runs over two innings or, you know, he hasn't done a good job at limiting base runners. I won't even say great job. He's, he's actually done a very poor job at limiting guys on base because of his high walk rate. And yeah, he seems to have been given up the long ball too. So keeping him down in AAA right now, maybe to refurbish his stuff a little bit. Cause I, I think the four strikeout sounds good. I'm still not a fan of, of the, the three walks, four yeah. strikeouts and, th- and three walks that, that base on balls to K ratio or K to base on balls ratio. Just that still doesn't sit good with me, man. It's not a great ratio for a start MLB starting pitcher playing in triple a and a guy who's before this year has, I mean, he has never been an elite control pitcher, but it's been a new level this year. Um, Vladimir Guerrero jr. Just got his fourth hit of the game here in the top of the eighth inning. So Vladdy's heating up. You love to see that good call from Isaac on one of our last show that he's going to really turn it around. Um, the blue Jays have, also, we've signed a right-handed pitcher, Vinny Natoli from New York. Since the month of May, he's thrown to a 161 ERA with 33 strikeouts in 28 innings for the Scranton Wilkes-Barre Yankees. So he's reported to Buffalo, but just another name. Keep in mind, he might pitch in the bullpen this year. Um, the Blue Jays have made a bid to get the 2027 All-Star game in Rogers Center after some potential renovations are made to the stadium. And I know you and I have spent a good chunk of time at the Rogers Center. And boy, we are excited for renovations. And if it leads to an All-Star game in 2027, Let's go. Let's get you and me into that celebrity all-star game by the time 2027 rolls around. Oh, hell yeah, man. Like yeah. and subscribe, all that stuff. Let's get us in the in the 2027 all-star game. That'd be amazing. They pull the fences in for us. Yep. And I bet I bet you if um, I'm calling my shot now, I bet you I'll go I'll go yard on one. I'll be. <laughs> I'll be throwing, uh, you know, I might even catch a couple innings. If there's like, if we mm. got like Jess, Jesse Finch in there, you right. know, one of the best females, imagine that play, just playing baseball. I don't, you know, I, like I talked about this. I don't care about the celebrities, whoever the best rapper is. Like I like the old actors, Brian Cranston, yep. uh, JK Simmons there. I'd be hanging with those old boys, you know, picking their <laughs> brains or hanging with the ex 
female softball players who know more about baseball and could kick my butt in baseball any day, dude. That it'd be a, it's an amazing experience. It's fun to watch that, man. Baseball is a great sport to interact with people. Sure is, sure um, is. And I'd love to have it in Toronto, man. Whether I'm watching it, you know, in the stands or at home or maybe the 0.001% chance I get to participate in that game. I mean, I think I have more likelihood of being struck by lightning. Well, let's see what happens. <laughs> That's the official goal now of Buds and Blue Jays is that we are going to be in a celebrity <laughs> softball game in 2027. Let's go. Let's make that happen. Um, ha- hashtag, hashtag send the Buds 2027. <laughs> yeah, love that. Get that trending. All right. Yeah. Some more positive news and notes. Mark Budzinski has returned to the team. He is back coaching first base and his role at the team has remained unchanged coaching the outfield as well. Good to see that the Blue Jays have picked up since Mark Budzinski has come back. And even better news, Riley, our friend Buck Martinez will be back this Tuesday at home for the series against the St. Louis Cardinals. So welcome back, Buck Martinez. I know we're very glad to have you and welcome back to you as well, Mark Budzinski. I mean, to both those, um, I I love scoring 28 runs in a game, Jesse. Mm-hmm. But to have Mark Budzinski back and to have Buck back, um, I take that any day of the week over a 20-run game. I really do. Both part of the Blue Jays family. Absolutely love having them both back. And, um, you know, and Jamie Campbell, too, still yep. Um, yep. still recovering. I w- still wishing thoughts out with the uh, with Jamie. But and once he's back, too, we'll have the whole family back. It just to be like where things where things left off. And hopefully they can enjoy this winning season that we're about to we're about to just unravel the rest of this Vlad movie because we hit that part where the bad guy starts to do, you know, starts yeah, to overcome. Starts to now, like we're about, winning, yeah. now we're, but now we're kicking butt, man. Let's bring it. We're bringing heat, baby. Superhero John Schneider to the rescue to save Vlad out of peril and come back and lift this blue Jays team into what should be, or at least we're hoping for a championship season. Can't wait to see it. It's, it kind of feels now like the blue Jays baseball we know and love is coming back. I hate to say that after, you know, one big series win against the Red Sox, but it really does feel like a new team since John Schneider took over here. And uh, I can't wait for the rest of this summer. We needed that rest. Yes, there were mm-hmm. a plethora of guys who didn't. Kirk was in the All-Star game. Vlad, Manoa, Espinal, like They still had some downtime for the rest of the crew. They obviously need that, needed that rest, man, because I think we took four or five days off. And that there's where that 28 runs came from. It was over the span of those days. We took off and I thought, well, well, if we average about six runs in those games, we can just we can just tally them on the first game of that against the Red Sox. <laughs> Makes sense. Sounds good to me. We got some prospect yeah. notes here. Ricky Tiedemann, the Blue Jays' top pitching prospect, will be joining the New Hampshire Fisher Cats rotation. Not bad for a 19-year-old. We've talked about him lots and the numbers he can put up here. Um, some other prospects and notes. Catcher Zach Britton is up to AAA. He's joining New Hampshire as well as infielder Tyler Keenan is joining um, New Hampshire as well. Desan Brown, who's a speedy outfielder, is moving up to high A. He's going from Dunedin to Vancouver. Right-handed pitcher Yosver Zuleta, who we've talked a little bit about. He's been one of the sneaky arms in our system here. He's going to make one or two starts before he gets to call up to Buffalo. And there's a good chance if he succeeds there that he could end up joining the rota- uh, the bullpen at some point this year. He's got nasty stuff like a sinker slider guy. And right-handed pitcher Hayden Junger will move up to Buffalo from New Hampshire. Now he's got an ERA of about four, but he's got good strikeout and walk numbers. He's got a mid-90s fastball, a good slider. And I think if his time in Buffalo goes well too, you could see him in the rotation or the bullpen, sorry, at some point this uh this August. We um we don't give enough credit to the the whips and you know uh strikeout walk ratios. ERA is kind of a funny stat. Yeah. I mean, honestly, you can if you give up big hits when guys are on base, you know then that happens. You inflate your ERA a little bit. We see it with relief pitchers, especially. Um, 
But yeah, at the minor leagues, doesn't really tell me a lot, dude. What I like to hear is he's got nasty stuff and he strikes guys out, but limits his walks. That's mm-hmm. that's what you want to hear, dude. That's going to get you places, man. So let's wait and see what happens. We still got lots of time in the year. We're knocking on the door of August. September call-ups will be just around the corner in the month um, after. So yeah, a lot of moves still could be made. I mean, you're probably going to have to break out a 10-minute episode of... Um, you know, the, our farm, you know, come September, all your news and notes you have to read about uh, transactions yeah, yeah, yeah. and transitions. Well, we'll see. We'll get, let's get through the trade deadline first. Let's see how many of these guys are still with the team here. Um, Jays have come to a deal with second round pick Kate Doherty. And it sounds like Tucker Tolman, who we took 77th overall, is coming to a deal here as well. And I don't know for sure, but I heard somewhere that um, our first round pick, uh, Barriera there, has also signed a deal with the team. Pretty much um, above slot for Barriera, but pretty much on slot for Tucker Toman and for Kate Doherty. So they are now going to be prospects in the system. Keep those names in the memory bank. We'll talk about them in a few years to go. And with that being said, Riley, the Toronto Blue Jays will now open a two-game. We're coming back home. And we're going to open a two-game series against the St. Louis Cardinals. I remember we went to St. Louis earlier this year and we played them. Danny Jansen was good. I remember, um, I think it was Barucky who struggled, gave up a home run to Paul Goldschmidt there. But good news is we don't have to worry about Paul Goldschmidt in this series, as it was reported that him, Nolan Arenado, and catcher Austin Romine are not vaccinated against COVID-19. So they will not be making the trip up to Toronto to face the Blue Jays. Game one is going to be Jose Barrios against Andre Pallant. And game two will be Kevin Gosman against Adam Wainwright. So Riley, two game series against the Cardinals. What are we expecting here? Well, I was expecting to get hit around by maybe a, uh, an MVP caliber player in Goldschmidt. Um, so that's not happening. Mm-hmm. Whew, that's good. And Arenado, whatever, that might be one of the better corner infields in all of baseball. Mm-hmm. Um, and the first guy for St. Louis, I don't want know much about him, but I think Austin Romine, Wait, he's a catcher. He caught for the Yankees. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. That's right. I, now that makes sense. He's mm-hmm. got a brother, I think, too. Anyways. Um, but yeah, uh, Adam Wainwright's uh, on the very wrong side of 30, as you would say. Yes. And I think he's a guy we could get to early, hit him hard. And, you know, I, I, I'm just going to say put up runs. I won't even put a number on it. You're not going to say 28, 29, 30? <laughs> no, at this at this point, that ceiling has been touched. I mean, right. for the rest of our life, uh, for the rest of our lives, I don't know if they'll even score that many runs <laughs> ever again. So, let's let's celebrate that and just hope. I mean, it's a two game series. Let's just bang bang, beat these ones off and get get her going. Does the hot streak continue, Riley? Do we take them both? Do we split them? Oh, we lose them both. Man. What are we thinking? Wow. First of all, give me an update here. Is it still eight to four? Eight to four. There's two out. Kevin Biggio's up with a runner on first and second. We're going to win this or we're going to win this game and we're going to go back home and we're going to get the two game sweep and, and we'll be five and oh after the all-star break. And I believe we won our last two. So that would put us on a seven game win streak. If they win today, it's six. And then if we win the next two, I believe that's eight. So let's eight. go on a 14 game win streak of our own like Seattle did. Let's uh, yeah, let's do that. And, and beyond, let's see what we can do, but we'll make things happen, man. I feel like the Cardinals would be is a team that we got to get to mm-hmm. uh, same with the, the Red Sox. That's a dude. That was a great way to get things going in the, in this weekend series. And we're going back home and we're hot. We're red hot and we're facing an interleague team. And I think we're going to do just fine. Jesse, I'm saying we take two or two, little two game series sweep. Love it. Love it. Love it. That'll do it for our episode here today. Everyone. Thanks for tuning in. Big things are coming from us in the second half. We're feeling the blue Jays are going to do some big things. We know they're definitely going to be busy at the trade deadline, which is coming up here quicker than you know it. We're going to be there to react to it all. We want you guys there to react to it all. We appreciate everyone for tuning in. Buckle up Jays fans, like, and subscribe. So you don't miss an episode and yeah, can't wait. Riley, anything else to add before we leave here today? Hashtag send the buds. 
2027. Yeah, absolutely. Well, you gotta, hashtags are supposed to be short, right? You right. don't want a huge long one. We got to draw attention, right? That's the way it goes. Thanks a lot, guys. Hope you guys are as hyped as me and Jesse. This mm -hmm. has been great. As always, guys, thanks for watching us. And let's go, Blue Jays. Good stuff. We'll see you after the Cardinal Series to talk about it then. See you then. Thanks, guys.